Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. This is Leprechaun Lunch with Sean Styers and Jim Irizarry on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. We are rolling right into a Friday with no Notre Dame football this weekend. But I can tell you this. I checked my swing. I don't know about Jim Irizarry. Say what now? <laughs> Come on, Jim. You got to be paying attention on this show. What's it's that? intricate. Where are we? <laughs> I said I checked my swing. You checked your swing. Oh, okay. Yes. Good. Very good. The uh, highly disputed <laughs> check swing. Oh, my God. It was called to end, or a non-check swing, I guess, that was How? called to end the game last night. How do you end how do you end that series on that call? I just, that is such a bummer. And it's like, like, to me, to me, it was a check swing. Yeah. And the the knob went forward, but his wrist didn't even break. It didn't look like you know you like right. you didn't see that extra sway of the barrel going forward. Mm-hmm. I, I and I agree. I mean, for one, I don't think that he went, and two, to be the first base umpire and make that call <laughs> to end a series with two teams that. You know, both as you just heard the announcer there in in uh, John Hoffman's Sports Center. I mean, yeah, two best teams in baseball this year, and the uh-huh. fact that they had to meet in the first round already stunk. And then to end the series like that, oh my goodness, what a way to end! <sighs> I uh, yeah, like if you if you hear the uh, the TNT version of of that play or uh, the TBS version of that play, I mean. Uh, even Ron Darling in real time is going, no, no, <laughs> no. Right. So I, I, I was like, how how is that not reviewable? That's a good point. I mean, I suppose if you make that reviewable, then baseball opens up a can of warm. Because it's, it's at this point, essentially let it. a judgment call to begin with, right? So At, at this point, let it. All right. Yeah. I, for one, welcome our robot overlords now, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, shouldn't there be a computer setting that can, you know, where you have a camera, you know, different your your camera angles on that and a computer decides yeah. if that was a check swing or not? I mean, at this point, I mean, it, you know, the, the way we're using technology for other things, I think that that would actually be a good use of technology myself. If they can, if they can pinpoint where a serve lands in tennis tournaments... All using a, all using you know, infrared and you know, all that stuff. Why can't they do it for a check swing in baseball? I agree. I Come agree. on, just a bad call. You, you've got to take you as the umpire. You've got to take yourself out of that situation. Yeah. You've got to truly let the the guy on the mound and the guy at the plate decide that because I just that was just that's that's not a way a series should especially between two great teams like that that right. series should not have ended like that yeah uh, the, so. the the umpire taking the bat out of Wilmer Flores's hand yeah like I I don't think <laughs> I still think he would have struck out anyway at some point former in, Met former Met yeah, right yeah absolutely former Met Old but Wilmer. Uh, that's right uh you know Max Scherzer has just owned him his entire career he's yeah. like 0 for 17 against Max well, Scherzer so I mean, and Max Scherzer's owned a lot of guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, granted, you know, join the club, Wilmer. But uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's kind of like uh, you know, I I think he would have eventually struck out or grounded out or at least something in that at bat. But let let him make that play. You know, that's right. At least let him swing and miss. Yeah, let it be his swing and miss. Not exactly. That. Yeah. <laughs> we were uh, we were comparing it this morning. Uh, me and. Uh, one of the one of the guests that I had today, Ian Castleberry, Me and three other guys, <laughs> right? And uh, we were, he he asked me, uh, you know, since it involved a former Met, which was worse, 
the play last night or Carlos Beltran <laughs> striking out uh, in yeah with with the bat still on his shoulder for strike three to end that uh, to end that series. And I was like, ooh, man, that's a tough call. I almost got to say last night was worse. I would think so as well. Yeah. I, I, so. I, man, I man, that's just tough. Yeah. That's just tough. Well, he's Jim Arizari. I'm Sean Steyers. Jim has been doing uh, the morning show, doing double, triple duties this week. First, let's tell you, the Leprechaun Lunch is presented by First State Bank, committed to being a premier financial partner. First State Bank demonstrates and delivers hometown Value sitting in for Darren Pritchett all this week on yeah. Sports Beat AM, and that's where you were debating that topic. Right? Are you? Uh, it wasn't so much awake and it wasn't so much a debate. It wasn't so much a debate. Just hammering the umpire. Yeah, just we were just kvetching about the umpire, quite honestly. So yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. So, I don't blame you at all. But yeah, I'm hey, I'm I'm all you know, kind of punch drunk right now. So. <laughs> That happens. What time did you get up every day? Uh, I, w- I was at least looking at stuff on my phone by four every morning. Okay. So. Okay. And usually rolling in here, you know, sometime five, five fifteen or so. Up before four. Yep. So on the airwaves, ready to go. Yeah, it's, been, right. it's been a long, long week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wanted to mention before we get started, the WNBA announced its. Uh, um, it's all NBA teams today, and three former Notre Dame women's players recognized. Skylar Diggins-Smith oh, cool. of Phoenix, uh, Jewel Lloyd from Seattle. They both were named to the first team, and, of course, Diggins-Smith playing with Phoenix and uh, in the WNBA Finals against Chicago right now. That series is tied at a game apiece. And Enrique Agumbawale from Dallas earned second team honors as well. So three former Irish players all Very got cool. uh, all WNBA honors. Yeah, so congratulations cool. to them. We had Neil Ivey on the show last night and uh, on uh, Budweiser's weekday sports week. Didn't get to talk about that because that was just announced today. So. Okay. But that is very cool. Yeah, and of course the women's basketball season is going to be starting soon. And yeah. Man, we've got hockey tonight. So with, uh, with you, even though, you know, people might not hear your voice, Every day, like they did this week for three hours on the morning show, that just <laughs> whether they liked it or not. <laughs> yeah, more busy stuff for Jim though going on right now with all the other sports oh, yeah. getting started. Oof. So, Whew. that's right. All right. Well, we've got no Notre Dame football this weekend. It's going to be an interesting weekend. Are you going to actually watch football this weekend? Or are you going to kind of like see what the weather does? Try to get outside and do something. What are you going to do? Uh. Probably gonna have to mow the lawn if it uh, if it dries up. <laughs> if it at ever all. stops raining. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, lawn's getting a little bit a little bit thick out there, but uh, we we got a new puppy this uh, last weekend. Ah, I saw that. I saw that. How's so, that going? Yeah, it's going okay so far. I, I was I'm impressed that I've been able to sleep at all this week. Quite honestly, with a new puppy in the house. So, <laughs> new I, puppy I, I, I would, and getting up for a 6 a.m. morning show. <laughs> right. I would. I would like to thank my wife for uh, for helping out with that aspect of things. I bet. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's been all right. The the other dog is uh, I think I think starting to come around. I'm not sure. Quite honestly. So yeah. See, we've got one dog. He is older. Mm-hmm. Um. And my son and his girlfriend for the last couple years, like during the holidays and or if they come over in the summer, they will bring their little dog. And uh, our dog can't stand it. He <laughs> cannot have another dog in the house. Yeah. He walks around and he pouts and he whimpers. And it is just the weirdest thing. So, yeah, you know, we've, we've kind of kicked around the idea, you know, of maybe another one at some point. But we can't do it. So, right. Yeah. Because he just he cannot look at another animal in right. his house. The uh, the, so. the the reason why we we pulled that trigger was our neighbor had a dog, and you know our our two dogs, you know, about the same age too. So whenever you know Benny was this was the other dog was the neighbor's dog. Whenever Benny was outside, that's when Heidi would go outside. Heidi is ah. my dog. And, uh, you know, they'd run back and forth along the fence and all that stuff and just bark at each other and, you know. All the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Drive each other crazy. Well, Benny moved. Benny and his Uh family moved like a couple of months ago. Okay. And ever since then, she's just, like, there's just something, like, missing. 
you know doesn't know what to do with herself exactly <laughs> yeah uh, you know you know like having way too much energy at night and, and and things like that so we're like hey another puppy will work so <laughs> why not <laughs> right why not so how old is the older one then like how much difference uh, between them heidi heidi is four okay so that's not too bad then. yeah yeah still Fairly still close. pretty young so but yeah this is this is a puppy that like this thing's like fits in fits in both my hands it's just like it's crazy <laughs> very the tiny one right all right well let's let's talk some football what all do right. you say what do you what do you have for me today uh with notre dame on the bye which games are uh which games are you gonna watch you know what i was just kind of looking at that and there are a few that i am thinking about and i'm trying to remember all of them off the top of my head north carolina plays miami at 3 30 tomorrow so i'm I'm at least somewhat interested in that just because that is Notre Dame's next opponent after USC mm-hmm. because USC has a bye this week. So, you know, both Notre Dame and USC will be off. So that's what, you know, I don't I don't know how great that game is going to be, but I haven't got a chance to see North Carolina yet. So, you know, with with a weekend off, I at least have some interest in that. The noon game as well that has me interested is Michigan State against Indiana because yeah. I don't really think anyone saw Michigan State coming this year. I don't think and, so either, yeah. Yeah, and Indiana's had a disappointing season yeah. so far, and that would be – and Indiana's hosting that game as well. So that would be – you know, like if, if Indiana's going to uh, to kind of get its comeuppance this year, that would be a nice one to see them grab right. Right. where they're sitting right now. And the other one I'm somewhat interested in is Kentucky and Georgia because they're both undefeated. Kentucky's ranked 11th, you know, so they're ahead of Notre Dame right now. Georgia, of course, is is the new number one team in the country. So uh, I'm I'm into that one a little bit, and I'm trying to remember what time that one is. I think it's yeah, it's at three thirty in the afternoon yeah. as well. So there's that three thirty window's got a lot of different games going on yeah there's so, there's there's some good stuff this weekend uh yeah you know, Purdue's taking on Iowa so you know you kind of kind of get to I guess catch up with with Big Ten football since we are you know mostly in Big Ten country uh-huh. uh so you know Purdue and Iowa uh the IU Michigan State game like you mentioned uh one of the games that uh that I mentioned earlier this morning uh Clemson at Syracuse is tonight at seven o'clock on ESPN. Ooh, okay. Uh, the only reason I mention that is because Clemson is only a thirteen and a half point favorite, hmm. and I I cannot resist having Syracuse cover. <laughs> I can't resist that that well, that spread right there. So. Speaking of spreads, uh, you want to hear what happened to me yesterday? Sure. So FanDuel. You know, you might hear me talking about FanDuel every now and then. Occasionally, on, yeah. Uh, on these airwaves. <laughs> so FanDuel sends me, they, every once in a while, you know, you may remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about, you know, me making a new deposit into my account. So since I've made the deposit into my account, <laughs> an actual cash deposit, mm-hmm. I get these, you know, little promotional offers from FanDuel. So I get one last night, risk-free, up to $50.00. You've got to make your bet today. And if, you know, if you don't win, you get, you know, you get your 50 bucks back basically, you know, up to 50 bucks back, right. right? So the Patriots are sitting minus 7. So I'm like against the Eagles? Are you kidding me? Or Tampa? Oh yeah, yeah. not the Patriots. I'm sorry. Yeah. Tom I had Tom Brady on <laughs> right. the brain. I I I I'm totally right there with you. The Bucks are sitting but yes, right. thank you. Thank you because that's a big difference. <laughs> yes. The, the Tom Brady and the Bucks in last night's game and again, you it, it it had to be a bet that you used yesterday. So it was basically either bet on the football game or bet on the baseball game. I really don't like betting baseball because so much is contingent. Yeah. Like you used to be able to bet baseball based on who the starting pitcher is, but that is more irrelevant all the time it's more right. about who's got the better bullpen and the matchups and all that stuff so mm-hmm. to me it's tougher so yeah. so i'm like box minus seven i love that did you see how that game turned out last night uh yes i did they were up by 14 <laughs> points yep. and i'm so i go to bed feeling pretty good <laughs> yeah. and of course the eagles score a touchdown uh-huh. and they go for two 
and they and they convert the two. Right. And apparently, like this is the big analytic thing right now because I guess Troy Aikman was criticizing it. He didn't like the decision, but it's like uh, apparently the analytics tell you that that in that situation you're you're bet you're you're better off just going for two. You have a better chance of actually winning in the end if you go for two. Mm-hmm. So they go for two. They convert. They're down by six. Mm-hmm. The Bucks have the ball. They're driving at the end of the game. And they kneel on the ball three times rather than <laughs> either punching it in the end zone, kicking, kicking you know, a field goal or kicking otherwise, yeah, doing irrelevant something, field yeah. goal, whatever. So it, so the Bucks win by six points. So mm-hmm. at least I get my 50 bucks back because it was a risk-free bet. But now it turns into credit as opposed to cash. And there's a difference, you know, when you're making your wagers and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I went perfect. Philly, actually, to Just cover perfect. the spread. Yeah. So – Smart right there. I guess so. I Uh-oh. guess so. Analytics. You're more analytically inclined, I guess. <laughs> I, I, ju- I, I just saw some info, and I was just kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Let's not? go for it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you, you mentioned Kentucky at Georgia tomorrow, one of the 330 games that's on CBS. Right. Um, when was the last time, if ever, you had to care about Kentucky football? <laughs> Isn't it like every four years? You know, like Is that's it? That's about <laughs> – Maybe five, I don't know. You know, like, they're always good for, like, one good season. Like, every, you know, four or five years, it seems like. Now, 6-0 and oh good, I don't know, but, uh, you know. Okay. You're, you're probably at, right. At least bowl I mean, eligible, yeah. Yeah. They're already bowl eligible. They're right in there. So, I guess, technically, Notre Dame is bowl eligible with five wins because you don't even have to be above 500, I don't think, anymore. But Yeah, there's so many bowl games anymore. That's a good it's, point. I yeah. mean, but, like. Notre Dame fans should actually be pulling for Georgia in that game. Yeah. So, like to get, you know, kick Kentucky down a couple spots, give Notre Dame a chance. You know, like Notre Dame fans should be pulling for Georgia, Indiana, uh, Purdue, even though I don't think that's going to happen against Iowa. I'm looking at some other games. Maybe Um, Cincinnati too? Texas to beat Oklahoma State. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think – you want Cincinnati to probably keep winning mm-hmm. as well yeah. if you're Notre Dame, you know, so that that so that that loss at least means something, and vice versa said. for Cincinnati fans too. Yeah, like you want exactly. Notre Dame to keep winning, exactly. So, exactly. Okay, uh, and and then if if not football, then what? ALCS game two tomorrow night. Oh, I'm nice. excited about that. Okay. So and there's actually I, I forgot in the middle of tomorrow afternoon which is only supposed to be like in the 50s i think here yeah it's gonna four wins. be october yeah yeah exactly <laughs> four wins yeah where did that come from we're right. in the middle of october where did october come from right four wins field is putting on one of these little brew fest things tomorrow so okay the wife and i are going to go over there tomorrow afternoon for a little bit so right. we'll probably come back and finish up you know with some baseball and that's that's what i love about this time especially like I just I love that like in the middle of football it's like oh by the way ALCS NLCS and then of course you know World Series at the end of the month I love that aspect yeah. so it's looking forward this looking is forward to that this is one of my favorite times of the year yeah on the sports calendar and the, and the fact that there is you know a Notre Dame bye week means that you know because typically like if I were at the Notre Dame game and I'm not complaining by any means but if I were at the Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. I'd basically have to, you know, have ESPN up and, you know, kind of like like every once in a while glance over and see, oh, you know, like the Astros or the Red Sox, you know, whatever, just right. kind of glance at the score. Look at the bottom I, line, yeah. Yeah, can't too, can't pay too much attention to it because you're focused on the game and all that kind of stuff. So it's nice having, you know, like with, with the League Championship Series starting this weekend, nice that the bye week falls now so that I can actually devote – some some full attention to baseball so hopefully the games are good because i'll have a mishawaka game tonight i think alcs game one starts at eight so by the time i get home it should be in like the third or fourth inning or something like that something like that so yeah it's the american league game so it's going to take like five hours anyway yeah, exactly so. exactly that's what i was gonna say could be in the middle of the second still but <laughs> yeah <laughs> by the time i get home so. <laughs> that's why I was happy to see the Yankees lose quite a, in the wild card game because I was just like, yeah. I cannot take a five hour playoff game, not another year of it. No, yeah, exactly. no, 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 exactly. So, you know, speaking of all these different uh, scenarios and 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 things that we've been kind of throwing out there, 
How much would you like to see Notre Dame play Michigan in a New Year's Six Bowl? Notre Dame sitting there at five and one. Ooh. Michigan is six and zero. Oh. Of course, you know they haven't played in a couple of years. Would you like to see that New Year's Six Bowl between those two teams? That would be fun. I would like to see that. I really would. I like that a lot. I, I are we putting that on a scale of one to ten or something on how? Uh, yeah, you can okay. go okay. ahead. Yeah, put it on a scale um, of one to ten. Uh, I would say fifteen. Uh, oh, yeah. Man. That that's that's how much that's how much that would excite me actually. So now you don't you now I mean you follow Notre Dame because you're here and yeah. you know you're working in this market, but mm-hmm. it's like you're not like diehard Notre Dame or Michigan for that matter, right? You're not right, like right. Yeah, college either team. college football. I'm really kind of just you know I cover it because I have to kind of you're thing. You're more an observer. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> see, to me, see, I put it a lot lower, actually, because part of me thinks it would be cool since it's like, you know, you, you typically, we've, we've always seen that game when they've played, played either at Michigan Stadium or at Notre Dame Stadium. Mm-hmm. And it's an old rivalry and regional and all that different kind of stuff. So part of me thinks it would be cool to see them playing a bowl game with some importance on it especially if it, if, it, if it was a new year six bowl but at the same time it's like yeah you know we've seen a lot of this and there's been all this acrimony lately and and everything else so i mean if you're either side you take what you get it's a new year six bowl and you're not going to complain about who you get i guess mm-hmm. as an opponent but i would like to see notre dame kind of play somebody different you know like somebody that they haven't played in a while Okay. That kind of thing. Like a so, Boise you know, State. Well, I don't know about <laughs> Boise State. But, you know, like Arkansas, Ole Miss. You know, Oklahoma one of those, State. Somewhat, yeah, somewhere yeah, like that. Okay. Oklahoma State. You know, like they played Iowa. Not that Iowa State was, was like, ooh, they're playing Iowa State a couple of years ago when they right. played in the Camping World Bowl. But at the same time, I, I just think it's always fun to kind of see some opponents that you don't usually get to see. So, okay. you know, like I said, part of me on the one hand says it would be cool. Yeah because they haven't played for a couple of years, and now they're playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. But on the other hand, some new blood, you know. Because, like, you know, for that matter, Notre Dame has played Ohio State relatively a lot. Well, I think it's like three different times in bowl games, like within the last, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess now it's going back almost 20 years. But, well, maybe 15. But still, get some new blood in there. Okay. So I put it a little bit lower, like a three or four, I think. See, I've I've got it that high just because – that week leading up to that game would be really fun around here. Ah, uh, that's true too. <laughs> like it, like it, it would just to me, you know. Obviously, I I wouldn't be able to get to the game because you know I'd I'd probably be pushing the buttons back here for it. Quite honestly, right. But uh, like just all the all the lip service between Notre Dame fans and Michigan fans leading up, like that would just that right there would just make it for me. So that would be. That, see, and that's that. That's to me. It's like oh, I don't know if I need that. Okay. <laughs> just because. Just because you know, being in this area, it's like when they used to play Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan mm-hmm. basically every year. It's like those games were just like the biggest headache because of that stuff. It's like you just get all the extra stuff around it from those fan bases, and it's like enough. You know, so like, so like. While at times I miss, you know, those rivalries, at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like, eh, I just, I'm kind of over that. I don't, I, okay. don't, I don't need it. All right. You know, instead we get all the southern people yelling at us. Right. So. <laughs> Why is it so cold up here? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's not humid here. What's happening? Locker Stadium, but it's cold. <laughs> all right, last one. Okay. Fill in the blank. The Notre Dame football team is blank at the halfway point of the season. They're fine. <laughs> they're, they're, they're fine. I, I, you know, I, I think there's, there's still definitely uh, in the running for a New Year's Six Bowl. So, I mean, j- just with how this year has started, you know, how the first half of the season has has gone for Notre Dame uh-huh. to to still be sitting, you know, with the record that they have, uh, and uh, you know what they've got coming up still. You know the, the the fact that they're still in the running for a New Year's Six Bowl, that, that that's I think more than you could really ask for heading into this season, because I didn't I didn't think you know I've I've never thought they were going to be 
you know, playoff team this year. Right. Um, and, you know, honest, honestly, you know, I, I was even questioning New Year's Six, quite honestly. But uh, they're, they're still in that position, at least, to, you know, make that run towards a New Year's Six Bowl. So, you know, it, it, it's fine. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, I think they're flawed, but they're showing signs of improvement. Yeah. And, you know, we know where the flaws are. We've seen it. Yeah. But, again, you know, the biggest flaw was the offensive line. We saw some signs of improvement against Michigan State. Now, how much of that was the fact that they plugged a couple of different guys in, Joe Walt at left tackle, Andrew Kristoffick at left guard, I think that maybe that had something to do with it because they're a little bit bigger there mm-hmm. uh, than they were before that. But at the same time, also, how much had to do with the fact that you had a mobile quarterback and it, it made you know, Virginia Tech's defense have to back off a little bit, not just pinning their ears back and, and more exp- – and then especially when Tyler Buckner hit that pass, you know, I think that then that completely opened things up in a way that we hadn't seen this year. And, you know, again, not putting it on Jack Cohn, but just the fact that they had so much – they showed that they weren't going to be a consistent running team with Jack Cohn in there. But, you know, and I think the defense has gotten better as well. So, again, flawed, showing signs of improvement. And I agree with what you're saying because I basically said 10-2 and two at the start of the season, and they could very easily have two losses right now. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think, even though when you look at the schedule for these last six games, none of these none of these teams are going to play our world beaters, but take Cincinnati out of the first six games of the schedule, and none of those other five teams were world beaters as well, and all those right. games were in doubt in the fourth quarter. So, right, exactly. You know, I, I think, yeah, they could very easily they, – they've they're going to be in the New Year's Six conversation at the end of the season. Who knows? Maybe they even somehow find themselves in playoff consideration. But the the problem with that is there's no there's no big target out there. You know, there's there's no big team to knock off. They're all going to be fairly average teams. Mm-hmm. Can they run the table? Can they? You know, will they lose one more game? I don't know. But going into the break anyway, they at least showed that they're they're on they're on the upward tick. Yeah. going into that break. Yeah, so. they're they're a lot better team now than they were in in week 1. Right. So, right. Can they keep on improving? This is the Leprechaun Lunch presented by First State Bank committed to being a premier financial partner. First State Bank demonstrates and delivers hometown values. We are also presented by Edward Jones making sense of investing. Contact Jerry Madsen and Osceola or Craig Langhofer in New Carlisle. We are also presented by Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape, Legacy Heating and Air, your cooling and clean air specialist. Find them online at LegacyHeatingAndAirInc.com. South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949, and Wings Etc. Girl and Pub with 14 Michigan area locations. We'll take a timeout since this is a bye week. We usually have our opposing uh, the interview with. Uh, the uh, the guy who covers the other team, the opposing press box interview, I guess ah. is uh, you know what, how we've kind of referred to it. But since we don't have an opponent this week, Brian Driscoll from IrishBreakdown.com is going to join us. We will do that next when we continue with Jimmy Rosari, Sean Steyer's Leprechaun Lunch Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Leprechaun Lunch continues on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT along with Jimmy Rosari, Sean Styers, And we usually have our opposing press box interview at this time, but since uh, we don't have a game this week, we turn to our old friend Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com. Now, I just told you before we were coming on I was going to spring something on you. And so here it is. This tweet just came across um, this afternoon. First, there was a tweet from someone who covers Oklahoma football saying, OU football has canceled all media availabilities today. No reason given. No more media until after Saturday's game. And then Reddit College Football tweeted, 
They've got a story about this up. A reporter for the OU student newspaper used binoculars from a public building to report that Caleb Williams was doing practice with first-team reps, got quotes from Spencer Rattler's dad, and Lincoln Riley has now apparently canceled all media availabilities. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I'm I'm fine getting quotes from dads. I mean, parents of players are a free country. They can say whatever they want and share whatever their opinion they want as long as their child is okay with it. The the notion of of spying, well, I mean, to me, that's what that is. You know, you're spying. You're 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 trying to get information that you know you're not privy to. I I don't right. think that's appropriate. I don't think that's necessarily professional. And I think football teams have a right if they don't want to let the opponent know who their starting quarterback is, they have the right to not you know let let that opponent know who their starting quarterback is, you know? So, uh, don't, don't love that to be honest with you. And I understand you're on campus and all that kind of stuff, but I feel like there's a, you know, I, I'm not someone that believes we have a right to everything when it comes to sports. I mean, you know, it's, it's a little different than, you know, government or politics or the military or something like that where life and death is on the line. This is sports, you know what I mean? And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't love that idea to be honest with you. I would, I would, I would not be overly fond of one of my reporters, uh, you know going to those tactics plus what is that going to do for your relationship with well yeah you and know with the football team and it's a you know it's a student reporter you know so there's there is kind of a, you know a difference there working for the student newspaper that sounds like a good conversation for their uh you know journalism <laughs> ethics class you know since, yes. he, since yes. he has a student isn't that essentially not because a you know a reporter did that but wasn't it a few years back didn't Notre Dame put up those tall you know, like the blackout tarps or whatever, you know, around the practice fields because wasn't it like somebody from Michigan State or something like that was staying in those condos across the street over yeah, there? Yeah, that's was what doing the rumor like I had heard. You yeah. know, but honestly, when as soon as you get like housing right across in the practice field, it's probably a good idea to try to find one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Any team's going to, you know, send some. And now, especially nowadays, Sean, when you think about the number of staff that people have now and the analysts you got eighty-seven thousand analysts and recruiting people with you know you're going to be able to send a couple people over to spy on another team pretty easily and, and not be out people you know so it's uh you know there's definitely some me there's there's certainly you know ethical lines you don't cross and there's a there's a professional courtesy you know that that i think should exist some things that look some things it doesn't matter what the school look hey if i got information through you know certain channels and be honest with you then that's I'm, i got to do my job but yeah. when you're talking about you know trying to find ways to practice i you know see practice I, i'm not a big fan of that that yeah. would definitely be a nice little fun conversation i would have with uh, with one of my reporters about the right and the wrong way to go about doing something yeah, exactly well, it is bye week, of course, for Notre Dame, and Brian Kelly kind of downplayed last week how much can be done with his players this week so they can rest and all that kind of stuff. So what kind of things maybe could, should, you know, whichever way you want to look at it, you know, should they be doing during the this, this bye week? What kind of things could or I should be I think this football on? team needs to sit back. In the, the Obviously, the players are in finals this week, so, you know, it's good to let them get that week off. I think this needs to be a coach's kind of having a – you know, sort of a who are we conversation. You know, one of the things we talked about today in our podcast, Sean, was this is, you know, we talked about the offense, but this needs to be the week where you, you know, you self-scout, you look at what you've done, what are we good at, what are we not good at, what are the strengths of our team so far, what are things we need to do to make sure that we're building around our strengths and protecting our weaknesses, and, you know, what have we been the best at so far? And those things need to need to become who we are as a football team because what what tends to happen is you know you think you know who you're going to be you know you go through the spring and the summer and fall camp and you think you have an idea of what your team is going to be but then you get into the fall and you say hey maybe maybe we thought we we're going to be better here than we were maybe we didn't think we we're going to be quite as good over here as we thought and you know maybe we thought Jack Cohn could run this kind of offense but you know he's really been at his best doing this over here and that's when you got to say look this is where we've got to make those adjustments and you know Notre Dame thinks they're one team on offense but they're not and they need to stop working so hard to try to be what they're not. And, you know, they have to accept the fact that, look, our best players are pass catchers for the most part. And even our running back, who's a great a great runner, is a great pass catcher. And we don't have a great line. So, you know, you got to figure out ways to, to build around that to then protect the run and protect the line. And I think if they're willing to do that, then I think this offense could really take off and defend the same thing. Like, okay, we're doing up a lot of big plays. If I'm Marcus Freeman, I'm going to say, give me every clip of, of plays that they've gotten beyond – you know, 15 yards, and I'm going to evaluate them and, and, and grade them, just, just those plays. And was it, a, was it a play call? 
Is it something I did? Was it a, you know, an execution thing? Is there consistency to that lack of execution? Like, okay, every time we've been up a big play, this has been a, a you know, a, a, a foundational reason for that. And then you fix it. And that's what I, that's what I love about this bye week because it is right in the middle of the season. It gives them an opportunity to regroup, figure out who they are and start changing course. And if they do that, there's still a lot to play for, for this football team in these sure. final six games. Yep. Absolutely. Now, you know, we, we've watched, you've rewatched the Virginia Tech game. Are, are we seeing the first real signs that this offensive line actually is improving? What do you think? Certainly. I mean, look, you, you, could, you could look at it one of two ways. One is a way that you could just, if, you're, if you want to be negative and you want to focus on the negative, you could say, yeah, it's just one game and, you know, it doesn't erase the five bad games. And technically that's accurate. But you could also look at it and say, hey, look, this is a step in the right direction. And, you know, how do you got to build on that? It's like, you know, Sean, we've talked about this quite a bit these last six weeks. Mm-hmm. This offensive line doesn't need to be great. They don't need to be the 2020 offensive line or the 2017 offensive line or the 2012 offensive line. They just need to not be terrible. And on Saturday against Virginia Tech, they played – I mean, there was a lot of execution issues and there were some really bad penalties that proved costly. But you know what? They battled hard for 60 minutes. They kept a body on a body and they allowed the, the, the talented, skilled players to go out there and make plays. And when they needed to give Jack Cone time, they gave Jack Cone time. And so you have to be willing to say, hey, if they can build on this, that's another reason to be optimistic about what this football team can be because when the offensive line has had flashes of, of being competent, they make big plays because that's just how good the skill players are. Joe Alt gave up the sack. It was one of the first three drives there you know, when Jack Cohn was in at the start of the game, then, then didn't give up anything afterwards. What are your, what are your thoughts on him? Is, is he the answer for, you know, for what they have right now at left tackle? Oh, I absolutely think so. I think we saw a left side of the line that would look a lot different for most of the game. And look, here's the thing about Joe Wald. You know, you look at his, who he is and who his dad was, and that, that's a young man that showed up to Notre Dame ready to, you know, ready to play good, fundamentally sound football. I'm shocked that he's been able to put on the weight he's put on and maintained his athleticism because he was a tight end his entire high school career. He'd never played offensive line until he got to Notre Dame. So, uh, look, he's he's – mature he he handled that and i mean look if you're a freshman and you can handle that environment there's not an environment left on your schedule of the regular season that's going to be any louder or more uh raucous or whatever you want to call it than virginia tech so you know he gave up that early sack that sack to me was as much about a great move by amari barno as it was a mistake by joe Alt. Mm-hmm. i mean sometimes you gotta tip your cap to the guy on the other side of the ball too and say he's on sure. scholarship too well done but i thought he recovered from that real well I thought he played hard. I thought he played fundamentally sound football, and he was very effective. And at the end of the day, you have to look and say, what was different about this group than what we've seen in the past and build on that? And one of those things was Joe Alt, and another one of those things was Andrew Kostopic. Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com talking a little Notre Dame football during the bye week. Now, saw a lot of young guys, a lot of freshmen out there, and a lot of them toward the end of the game were out there together a couple freshman receivers all we just talked about logan diggs tight ends and of course tyler buckner maybe besides buckner did it did any one of those guys or or you know a couple of them even did they really jump out at you saturday night logan diggs really impressed me on okay. saturday night and you're talking about a kid sean that came into this game with zero career snaps yeah zero never played a snap of college football and as soon as they put him in he looks like he's been doing this thing at notre dame for four years you know i mean just patience as a runner great feet balance you know he's not a he's not an explosive chris tyree type of athlete but he's got tremendous patience great feet good vision i mean one of his early carries he's running an inside zone he sees that they've collapsed the backside so he just takes it out the back door for 10 yards i mean that's a very mature run and uh you know then he makes a big play late in the pass game he's a really talented kid i i you know of course you know me and the way that I think about things, I'm going to say, why did it take an injury for you to figure out a way to get that kid on the field? But hey, it is what it is. He got on there. But uh, you know, the, look, we 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 thought this class, this offensive class, especially on uh, in 2021 class, was going to be special, and they've been thrust into some situations due to injuries and other things. But they've really stepped up to the plate and 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 played with maturity, even even through mistakes. You know, I mean, there's mistakes that Joe Walt made, and there's been mistakes that Renzo Styles has made, but they continue to go out there, they continue to battle, and it's a very, very talented group, and they're just getting started. If you're Notre Dame right now, kind of with those freshmen in mind, how are you balancing trying to win now 
versus developing for the future. Because I, you know, I, of course, I know you hear from people saying, "Oh, you might as well just play all these freshmen because it's it's over for this." You know, so what what's that like as far as you're concerned? Notre Dame is five and one and ranked 14th in the country, and Alabama just lost, and Clemson has two losses, and Ohio State has lost. There is no balance. It's You're trying to win. I've always believed you should play more players. That's just what you need to do, no matter what. I mean, if Notre Dame had beaten Cincinnati, I'd still say find a way to get Logan Diggs on the field. I'd still say find a way to get Lorenzo Styles involved in this because those kids are too good not to play. They can help you in so many different ways, including giving the, the talented players, you know, some snaps off so they make sure that they're fresh. I, I think those kids can help Notre Dame win. I want Logan Diggs to play right now, and I want Lorenzo Styles and Deion Colsey to be more involved and Joe Ult to be the starter at left tackle, not because I'm preparing for 2022, because I think they can go help beat USC and then North Carolina. In college, when you, especially at a place like Notre Dame, when you're still 5-1 and one and you have so much to play for, I think it's an injustice. To, to say to players, hey, you haven't done anything wrong, you haven't lost your job, but we're going to take you off the field even though you have professional aspirations and you've also invested four years of your career here because we want to develop for next year. Right. I don't think that's fair. If you'd have three losses, that's a little bit of a different story to a degree, but you know, I'm not taking some kid that's done everything I've asked him to do and he's effective and he's helping us win out because I want to get a younger player ready. Now, that's different than saying you're not getting the job done, so I'm going to give the young guy a chance. That's a different story. But I'm, I'm building to try it right now to try to beat USC. And what can we do during this bye week to make sure that we're prepared to make a strong run down the stretch? And then we'll let the chips fall where they may in regards to playoff or New Year's Six Bowl or whatever the case may be. But if you're Brian Kelly and you're the rest of that coaching staff, your goal is to how can you, how can you put forth the best 2021 team that you can? And I think those freshmen can be a part of that. Diggs got the opportunity essentially because Sebo Flemister was left off the travel right. roster, didn't travel – is there any insight into that that you can talk about? I mean, if you can't, that's fine. But I, I'm just curious if there's anything yeah. you can talk about on that. I, I, I don't – I mean, there's a, there's a couple things that I've heard, Sean, but they're, they're not things that I necessarily am comfortable with. I okay. feel they're close enough to the situation to say it. But I'll say this. When you're at a place like Notre Dame and you have the depth that Notre Dame has, this is why you can't make the – the mistake that Sebo did that got him basically unofficially suspended for four games. Because if you give a player like Logan Diggs an opportunity, and it was also partly about Chris Tyree getting hurt, but if you give a player like Logan Diggs an opportunity, don't be surprised when you come back if that job's not there anymore. Yeah, And and that's going to happen at places like Notre Dame. I mean, it happens at Alabama. It happens at places like Notre Dame. It happens at places like Ohio State. So that's okay. That's a part of that's part of the game, right? I'm, I'm not someone to believe seniority should – trump everything else you know but if, if all things are equal i'm going with the more veteran guy but if that younger guy got an opportunity because you know you got you you know you made a mistake this summer that that's part of the game and uh i think that's that that's also partly what happened to Sibo. i wanted to ask you one more question i saw you and and darren pritchett uh tweeting about something right before the show started uh you tweeted at him that that cincinnati's a better job than illinois and oh yeah Okay, well, so let me let me kind of so Cincinnati's been good basically twice when Brian Kelly was there and and right now when Luke Fickle is there. So why why is the job why is Cincinnati a better job than Illinois? Well, let me ask you this: Do you ever see a scenario, no matter who they hire, that Cincinnati is Illinois is going to be able to be a contender in the Big Ten for any significant period of time? And I, I would argue that they've they've been better now for three years, but they had a couple of years under Butch Jones when they were a good program. They're getting ready to move to the Big Twelve. Okay. Right. We have to think about that, too. So they're not going to be an AAC team for the, you know, for the next 10 years. Right. Right. And I think when you're a place like Illinois, this, the, the state of Illinois does not produce the football talent it used to. It's not a program to me that has the resources, the, 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 the talent near it. And let's be honest, most of the, if, if Notre Dame wants most of the best players in Illinois or Ohio State wants most of the best players in Illinois, they're not going to Illinois. They're going to Ohio State or Notre Dame. And I just feel like when you play in the kind of conference that Illinois plays in for, for football, you're just not going to ever be more of a better than a top six or seven team. Because say Illinois, you know, since hasn't been good twice, but in that time from let's say '07 to now, has Illinois ever been good? No, I mean that's completely fair. That's completely yeah. fair. Yeah, but I mean you can also argue that they, you know, the quality of the coaches that they have. But I guess sure. you could say they're not getting the quality of the coaches because of the stature of the it's program. Not a great so, job. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, Brett, Brett Bielema took that job because it's a reclamation project. Does anyone think that he's going to spend the next twenty years there if he wins? No. Or is it more of a situation where, hey, if you win, 
I'm taking the best of the first job that I get. And, and again, part of the thing that you have to think about when we're having the Cincinnati conversation is the fact that they are going to be heading to the Big 12 soon. Yeah, very true. Uh, and and that, that infusion of bucks is going to allow them to, to, to overcome certain things. Plus, like I said, I think they are sitting on a better talent base in Kentucky and Tennessee and Ohio yeah. and and that that would have been that would have been kind of my thought that if it is yeah. it's because you know Ohio is obviously oh. there's a lot more talent not everybody can go to Ohio State so yeah exactly or Notre Dame right there's plenty yeah. of talent and look the success Cincinnati's had and the kids are gonna they're, they're putting in the NFL and that they're gonna put in the NFL and you know and the fact that they're gonna be going to the Big Twelve I, I just think it's a better job you know look there's some school just because you're a Power Five doesn't mean it's a great job right I mean you know that I'm saying that kind of rhetorically no yeah it's a, yeah exactly to be successful in football I mean. Does anyone think that there's no matter what Vanderbilt does that Vanderbilt's ever going to be consistently Florida or Georgia or you know it's just it's just not that kind of program. Other sports they can be. You know, they've had some stretches in basketball. Obviously the baseball program has been phenomenal, but those are different sports that recruit a different type of athlete from a different top type part of the country and just a just a whole different animal. So um, you know, some some places just don't have that upside. Brian Driscoll, irishbreakdown.com, give us the quick breakdown of what's going on right now. Well, today we're, we're today and tomorrow on our website, and then of course also on our YouTube channel, we are doing sort of a midterm grades. So we're going to dive into you know what we're going to hand out position by position grades, and then we're also going to then dive into what they de- need to do in the final six games to for this program to reach its full potential. Because hey, they're five and one and ranked fourteenth, and I don't think this team is coming anywhere close to reaching its full potential. Which, if they can figure out those things and push the right buttons, this team could look really good in the final six games. Yep. All right, Brian. Thanks again. Safe travels to you, and uh, I will talk to you next week. Thanks for having me on. We'll take a time out and then back to put a wrap on today's show, Leprechaun Lunch on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. We're getting closer to Halloween, little Ghostbusters. Bring us back here with Jim Irizarry. Sean Styers, Leprechaun Lunch, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Going to look at things from a, a, a wagering aspect here, like we always do, to close out the show in the next five minutes or so. What have you got for us today, Jimbo? Big uh, big Bears-Packers game this weekend at, uh, oh, yeah. at Soldier Field. Uh, Packers looking like the favorite right now at uh, with a four-and-a-half point spread. Uh, Green Bay's winning games but measures out something like the tenth best team in football. Not exactly huh. elite or anything, but uh, you know the run defense has been a little bit on the vulnerable side. Yeah, uh, defense for Green Bay overall right now is uh, is kind of hurting too. Uh, the Smith brothers, I believe, I think both of them are hurt right now actually. So, uh, however, the Bears' running attack is down to Khalil Herbert. And that's it. Uh, David <laughs> yeah. Montgomery's got a knee sprain, and he's out for the next, you know, at least the next couple of weeks on on IR. Well, uh, and then Damian, Damian Williams, Williams uh, yeah, is on the exactly. COVID nineteen list. Uh, that that yep. came out today. So you know, it's Khalil Herbert and a couple of guys from the practice squad, and there's your running attack. Now, Khalil Herbert, solid week last week. Eighteen rushes, seventy five yards against a against a Raiders defense that has been pretty decent against the run. So. I think uh, I think it's a little bit uh, overlooked there. So, uh, and plus, you know, the Bears defense—that's still good. So, yeah. you know, I mean, they showed that last week. Yeah, yeah, they definitely showed that. However, you know, I still don't think you know the offense is going to be able to get enough going, and I think the Packers will be able to to just do enough against uh, against this Bears defense. So, yeah, I mean. I think I think offensively the Bears' goal should be to get like twenty points. <laughs> yeah, if you can get to twenty, you've got a good shot to yeah, win. You know, exactly. with that defense. So, yeah. so uh, let's see. Texans at Colts. Uh, <laughs> Colts are a ten-point favorite here. Wow. Huh. Uh, I I I kind of wonder about the Colts right now because they had a chance to be two and three after a pretty brutal stretch on their schedule. Uh-huh. And they let it slip away badly on Monday yep. night. To blow that Monday is just brutal. I mean, just now, I did see T. Y. Hilton could be back Sunday. He started practicing yeah. this week. So. Yeah, I, I I did see that, but uh, you know what? I mean, I'm I'm kind of leaning Texans here to to cover that ten point spread. Quite honestly, yeah. I you know 
they have not been as horrible as I thought they were going to be. Quite frankly, they've, got, they've gotten better. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I kind of lean in that direction myself. I, I think that I would be on on Houston on that on that at, at plus ten. I agree. All right, game that uh, that you're probably paying attention to: Cowboys at Patriots. Yes, uh, four thirty game on Sunday. Uh, Cowboys four point favorite. Uh, Cowboys uh, uh, were uh, just uh, it was just a one point favorite to start the week, but uh, was it really? Yeah, it's uh, it's slipped away pretty quick. Could move even further by kickoff. Quite honestly, huh. uh, all the trends love Bill Belichick at home as an underdog against an NFC East, uh, against an NFC team in general. Yeah. Uh, so you know, not a ton of great info on that game yet. But uh, you know, Cowboys. You know, if it keeps going, uh, you know, keeps getting like a, a wider spread than the four points, I almost, I almost lean the Patriots to cover that spread. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I just, I, I don't. As someone with the dog in the hunt, there, right? I, I just, <laughs> I, I realize that like this year's Dallas team so far has been better than this Patriots team, but at the same time, when Bill Belichick is involved, I just, it scares me. It mm-hmm. scares me a lot. <laughs> That's the only way to put it. <laughs> he he's still he's still got that uh, that Emperor Palpatine kind of look and power to him. So you know, That's exactly right. Who knows? And then uh, Seahawks at the Steelers. Steelers somehow are a five-point favorite, and uh, that hmm. has to be solely because Russell Wilson is out and Geno Smith is in. But I saw how Geno Smith was playing with the yeah. you know, with the Seattle offense, and it looked pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't so, bad at all. Yeah, I, I, I like the Seahawks to cover. All right. Sounds good. Thanks as always, Jim. Enjoy yep. your weekend, and I will talk to you next week. Yeah, you have a good one too. All right. Your uh, Leprechaun Lunch is presented by First State Bank, leading strength, lending strength rather to our communities by devoting ourselves to helping local businesses grow and prosper. Leprechaun Lunch, WSBT South Bend. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 